Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Kevin from the Thrifting Lounge, and this is episode number four of the Reseller Roundtable with my co-hosts Alton and Scott. Uh, and Brian's not here this week. And this week, we're actually going to do a, something different. We're going to do an interview with somebody I've been wanting to talk to a long time with, um, and especially Alton, and I believe it's Alton and Scott, and a lot of new people who want to try to get into doing eBay and trying to figure out how to do title, keyword, in, and um, uh, you know auctions which is really, I don't do much auctions, but Andy is a master at doing auctions and title keyword. And every now and then I'm always texting him, hey, hey, can you check this out and tell me if I'm doing something wrong here? So without further ado, I'll let uh, Andy take it away with, uh, we wanna know how you started, when you went full-time and exactly what your business model is. I started in 2003. Um, I had a lot of of guitar gear that, I wasn't using. So I started selling it in auctions. I had a lot of guitar tablature books that show you where to put your fingers to play. I was auctioning them off and they were selling for more than what I paid for them retail. And I thought this is really, really cool. So I started finding finding more of them. It was kind of in Amazon's infancy and I found a website that had all uh, all these different websites where you could buy books. So I just started buying them cheap and flipping them if you can if you can find them they still sell really 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 well um so that's how i got started um around 2006 i was selling coins um and you know through a consignment model and uh taking like a 25 to 40 percent commission on them and uh i was selling sometimes 20 dollars worth of coins a month that kind of dried up around 2007 i got into um, selling clothes and that's what I do now. Um, the way I got into auctions when eBay rolled Cassini out, everybody was bitching about sales drying up and nobody was making any sales and, uh, I had to have the money. So I just started doing auctions and, uh, it just took off for me and that's, I've been doing it ever since. It was part-time until 2018, Uber and Lyft driver. I got a ticket that disqualified me and I really had no choice but to go full time. And uh, that was 2018. And I usually do, I don't know, between three and $5,000 a month gross on eBay. And uh, this month was my best one. I got up below 6,000 or maybe even a little over and above it. But uh, that's how I got started. What do you think kind of inspired the change and in going to clothing from what you were doing? Because we all know if you'd ever do eBay, I think that's why I think it makes us look like we are entrepreneurs because when something eventually always does dry up, we move on to the next niche. So what made you change from going to doing the coins and the guitars to clothing? I think right about that time was when YouTube started getting a little big and I can't even remember which person it was but they were like, go out and find Polo Ralph Lauren polo shirts. You'll get 20, 20 Steve 25 bucks for them. It wasn't yeah, Steve. Steve it was like, no, really? it wasn't Steve. It was somebody else, but um, I don't even think they're around anymore, but I bought all of Steve's uh, courses. Me too. I, well, I, like, I didn't buy, I have to buy them. I knew him personally. So he sent everything to me for free for, um, and I, I used to love promoting his stuff because he kind of got me, he pushed me on to doing YouTube. Um, so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing YouTube. 
in the first place and meet everybody. Um, we have such a great community, especially back then, I think a lot better than nowadays, but we were so much fun back then. I know you used to be around watching all of our videos and hanging out in the chats and everything. So I, that's why I was like, man, it's, it's so cool still seeing you around um, and crushing it. Remember man, the old, I see. I was just gonna say, you remember the old sellers helping sellers Facebook group? Oh yeah. Yeah. And Those then you had the, what was the other one with, uh, Jason Smith and Brian Williams, um, thrifting with the boys. boys. Yep. Remember that, that one? Yep. That one. And, uh, I'm trying to think, do you remember autumn? Yeah, she course. sold a lot autumn of shoes. Always comes and goes. Yep. Autumn was way be it, She was like maybe a year before I, I started doing stuff and everybody would always talk about autumn. And then back then she kind of quit. And then I get back into this a year ago and now she's back around. So that's pretty cool. Um, Honestly, she was one yeah. of the people that she was running a lot of auctions, but she was selling shoes and shoes aren't good for 99 cent auctions because there's so many different sizes and widths. And so you can't get you can't get the demand going. But she would just put it at, you know, if I want to get 40 bucks for it, I'll I'll put it at 34.95. And if I get one bid, I'm happy. And uh, yeah, that works good. Yeah, that's a name. I just what yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one of the that kind of put close to one of my questions that I had for Andy was uh, talking about auctioning and you're choosing an item for that auction. So what makes you decide between what classifies you as auctioning that item versus, say, listing it for buy it? If you uh, if you go into um, the completed listings or the sold listings, um, you can choose auction only. That's kind of like like right in the center and then right. um, sort it, hit the sort search bar and the drop down will come down and the very last one will say um most sort, sort by most bids first and then it'll sort you know by most bids to least bids and if something's getting at least 10 bids um or more and it's selling in a profitable range where you, you know you can source it at the right price um you're pretty safe to do it as an auction you just want to make sure that your keywords are right you know that you're using the right search suggestions to get to get the volume of people there you need to get uh, the retail price. So that's how, and if, it, if, if not, then I put them up as a uh, uh, fixed price. And, and that's one thing I actually always go to you about when you, you do that strategy where you put the most bids and that's something that I never even knew. That's probably because I never really did auctions much, but when you started showing me that I was able to look, when I go into stores, this is what I'd say about a year ago before it just, or maybe as I was starting to go full-time in January and you were helping me out with this stuff because I'm like, I need to move more product now that I'm full-time. Full and you are telling me that was one of the biggest tips that you've, I think one of the biggest tips you've definitely have given me. Um, that in the keyword in which I'd like to you explain how you do with your keywords and how you figure them out and what you do with the search bar. Oh, the, uh, are you talking about getting rid of like the negative search strings that I showed you? With the parentheses, that that definitely helps help me so much because that's if I'm looking to do golf clubs, right? Say, um, and I see I have an iron set and I want to single out single iron. I'll use that parentheses minus single and then close parentheses, and that'll that'll take out all the single irons and just keep me the iron sets. That made such a world of a difference. Yeah, so like um, dumpster diver dad, I think the other day, maybe two weeks ago, you showed. Uh, where you were just doing a very general search and then using the left, uh, I think that was Brian. Left, but yes, left-hand navigation was that Brian? Yep. I thought it might that have was been Brian. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you can start very general and like let's use um, let's use Levi's for for example. If you sort them 
buy most bids first auction only you're going to get all the biggie stuff and um all of the old older selvage type genes and you're not real likely to find them. So you can put minus sign parentheses selvage and then close parentheses and then minus sign parentheses big E and then close parentheses and then hit search again. And it'll take all those listings out and narrow, it'll narrow and refine your search. Sometimes you, and that, sometimes I'll have nine or 10 of those <laughs> and it just keeps narrowing it, things down. And that actually works on Terra Peak also. So if you go over to Terra, it, it works the same way. Yep. Uh, which I, I think Terra Peaks were the most underrated tools to use. Um, so and I think Scott had the next question, right? Yeah. I was wondering, uh, how do you, um, in your business, how do you prepare your items and how you uh, source your items? Like how I sort them and store them or? Yeah. Sort them and store them. And then how, how do you, how you source them? Most of my, I'm Goodwill, St. Vincent de Paul. Um, I, I do Plato's Closet quite a bit, and there is a little consignment shop here in Cincinnati called uh, Snooty Fox. I, I do them a lot. Snooty Fox is where I found all, all of those uh, those Tom Ford shirts, and, and it's kind of upscale. And, and besides eBay, what tools do you use uh, besides the eBay app and, and sourcing the eBay app? So is there other, like Terapeak? Do you use Terapeak or do you use any other tools besides that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I use Terapeak. When I put fixed price stuff up, I use a, a Chrome extension called Crosslisted to move my eBay stuff over to Poshmark. Oh, but okay. So really? The, oh, what was that extension again? It's called Crosslisted, all one word. Okay. It's like $9.99 a month, and you can cross-post cross between um, eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, and mm -hmm. Etsy. I use List Perfectly and I absolutely love it. Me and Brian had a discussion last week on the show about List Perfectly. He doesn't like to use it. I love it. Um, I mean, if it's getting me an extra 12 sales a month on Facebook and another 10 sales a month on Macari, it's it's amazing. Um, but again, I pay for the $60 a month right. one too, but one or two sales, it makes a difference on those. Um, there's a question for you, Andy, from Val. She says, do you have a bins where you live? I do, but I've I've gone a few times pre-COVID, and then once COVID hit, I I just didn't go anymore. I mean, for a while, nothing was open anyway. I do good when I go to the bins. I wind up with so much stuff just from the regular thrift stores and the consignment shops. Honestly, I think I wind up with better stuff when I go go to them. But I don't have anything against the bins. I just haven't really I haven't really used them since COVID. But I find cool stuff when I go there. Find a lot of sport coats, Kevin. Yeah, they overprice them for goodwill, and then they <laughs> they go to we the We never bins. get them in our bins. Never get them in our bins, man. But I was telling, I was telling a secret. This is the biggest secret I can tell anybody. If I ever had a niche down to it, and Andy, you've known me for close to ten years now. If That's I true. ever niche down, you know my number one niche. That's why you mentioned sport jackets and blazers. Because I can pick them up at five, six bucks a pop and minimal, minimal make 25, 20 to 25 bucks off them, upwards of over $100. And of course, I think I'm sure you remember a few years ago, my biggest blazer sale was $1,100 Brioni custom fit jacket. Um, that was a fun sale. But that's when trying to get Brian and um, Scott into. I'm like, hey guys, there's a little secret. If you guys want to get into clothes, don't touch any of the clothes. 
I'm going to send you over Rakin's book, the Blaze. Remember the Blaze and Profits? Yep. Yep. That's how I I'm got gonna, into selling, sent, selling sport coats exactly. and blazers. And, and it's super simple. You just scroll through it and it just shows you the brands. And of course, I told them, anytime you go to a store, call me. Well, I literally, you look through every single one and I'll tell you which one to buy and which one not to buy. I'll buy off brands. I'll buy no brands. I'll look at the pattern. I'll look at the fabric. Blazers, sport coats, suits. A lot of people have issues selling them because they don't know the keywords. They don't know the fabric. They don't know much about them and they're scared um, to ask more than what they're usually asking for. So that's why I was telling them, I'm like, man, if you want to sell clothing, you guys are the most underrated category in clothing is sport jackets, blazers. And that's a fact. I'm sure you know that, Andy. Oh, yeah. It's it's awesome. And that that uh, Blazing Profits, I think I've probably made a thousand times my investment. I think I paid 30 or 40 bucks and over yep. over the years. And I do flat lays. I don't even have a mannequin. And I, I still, you know, I, I still get. Uh, I have the mannequin, but I was telling Alton, dude, you don't even need to have a mannequin. Same thing with you, Scott. You don't even have the mannequin. Throw it on the ground and use that. Uh, what is that one I showed you the day? Alton Photo Room. Uh, photo Room. It yep. is. Have you used Photo Room yet, Andy? I haven't. Um, I've got a big, a big table behind me. You can see my lights. Yep. Um, and yeah. I put, I put a forty by sixty piece of foam board, and I bought like a ten dollar. It's a, a wood grain. You've, you've yeah. seen my listings. How they got? It yep. looks like they're they're sitting on a piece of wood. It's a freaking table with a piece of contact paper yeah well i was watching <laughs> and I, i'm so glad i was watching it because every now and then i watch rockstar flipper i usually watch the rockstar flipper to get the ends of what's going on with new stuff coming out with ebay and whatever heck they go they do with their their stuff and he mentioned hey this is an app that i use it's called photo room and i was like oh man it's probably one of those garbage like ebay has takes the background out but he did it that was and i was like let me try it so i tried it myself I liked it so much. I bought the nine ninety nine a month subscription. Subscription, dude. I I put my clothes on the floor and ask Alton. He did it with a uh, Funko Pop, and literally in a matter of a second, takes the whole background out. And you can do if you get the nine ninety nine subscription, you get the multiples, so you can do a whole ten or eight, however long, how many pictures you have for a listing, and boom, it's done in a second. It's it's absolutely amazing, right, Alton? Yep. So I tried the free version, so I found a way around it. So there's a way to get the uh, photo room logo removed. You just have to crop it yourself. But, you know, outside of circumventing the uh, the photo room app, it is wonderful. Like, I took one of a fedora hat that we searched the other night, and it just it blew me away, just how crisp and clean those edges were. So it was a great little tool. So if you're not using that, definitely be looking into that app for your eBay listings to get that white background. Yeah, definitely. See what else the the eBay question. thing, sometimes it just gets rid of my whole item. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, I don't know how to distinguish it. <laughs> the eBay one is garbage, man. I don't know how they have not bought in this company. This company is amazing. Whoever made this app should get like, a Nobel Peace Prize award or whatever award they get for technology because I could not believe it, dude. Like, I could put a piece of clothing, and even if it kind of matches up with my wood grain, um, my hardwood floors, it still takes that background out perfectly. No little, like you can't tell a difference. Uh, it just looks nice and sleek. And then I add a little bit of shadow because you can add the shadow into the photo. And it's always, you click a button, shows a shadow. I like to be around 20 to 25% with the shadow and it looks nice and beautiful. And then, That's something so I have to check on, out. 
you should photo room i'll send you the um the name of it after you'll love it dude you you won't you'll quit doing the thing on the uh your your floor like that it's so much better um so let's get i I do i'm perfect let's go into uh the keyword and again can you explain to the viewers because when i when i first talked to you i didn't understand it and i was like oh my god this makes sense when you start typing out what your title is going to be in the in the uh, search bar if you have the search suggestions turned on when as you type letters in it's going to bring a drop down menu down you kind of want to think the way the person that's searching is going to think they aren't going to type their whole keyword and they're going to type until they see what they want and click on it you want to make your titles basically that the title is the search suggestion and the order that the the order that that the words are in or is, is going to make a difference um, and as they drop down, they're they're sorted by most popular to least popular. I use it on my phone when I'm out sourcing, and if I find something and I can't pull it up as a keyword, I won't buy it because it's almost guaranteed that it's going to sit sit for a while before it sells. A lot of people like we were talking two or three weeks ago about Polo Ralph Lauren and people saying that it's saturated. It's probably. Yeah. 30 or 40% of what I sell is Polo Ralph Lauren. Um, Same here. I always, I always don't believe uh, it's saturated. It's saturated because you're not trying hard enough. You're not doing your keywords. Something you're doing that listens is not adding up. I sell dress shirts. Those are bread and butter items for me. The dress shirts, the regular polos, and spe- do the sport jackets and blazers have been fi- on fire for me for, for Ralph Lauren. Is it picked back up for you? Is it because for... Through COVID, I I quit listing them just because oh it's like it's because COVID. Up. It, it, yeah. Now, dude, I would say back September last year, I would say more towards January this year, started selling the crap crap out of those blazers, men's dress shirts. As soon as the people started getting unlocked from the lockdowns, just stuff just started flying off the shelves. Slacks, I'm selling a lot of men's slacks and pants. So really, anything dressy right now. And in the last six months, I'm selling the heck out of polo shirts. You gotta sell polo shirts too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to lot them up. So like mm-hmm. certain sizes, it's a lot them up. Two, three, you can get like thirty bucks, thirty-five bucks. Um, but I still get the occasional if they're vintage and they have a really cool paste pastel uh, colors or colorful colors. Mm-hmm. I'll get eighteen to twenty-two bucks on. So it's color it's block all the keywords you use. Color block, yes, yeah, huge. For especially the hip hop community loves color block and the streetwear people. Uh, do you want to pop up and show us on a screen share how to do uh, how you start your your keywords? Okay, there we go. It's so back when we're going to school. <laughs> and you just want me to just kind of type in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, start typing so in what that, you, and describe what you're doing for the listeners that aren't watching the video. I just started with A. The most popular thing that starts with A is Apple Watch. The cool thing is um, it'll show you the categories. Um, so a lot of times, you know, this is in the same category, but let's Peter Millar is one of my favorite brands to sell. And if you, you type in Peter Millar, um, I'm going to get rid of these. That's things that I searched earlier. So it's it says men's clothing and golf golf equipment. Like that's an item where you would want to uh, pay the extra quarter and put it in both categories. Yep. Okay, I was going to ask um, that. Okay. Yep. Uh, if if I can get it into two separate categories, 
I always pay the extra quarter because it's yeah. going to get more eyeballs. And, and especially if you're if you're trying to do a 99 cent auction like I do, um, it's gonna it's gonna make a, a huge difference. And uh, I mean, you can you can learn what to source just by playing around. You know, just plant by playing around with the keywords. Um, two of my favorite keywords are men's thick stitch jeans. So any of those jeans like Rock Revival or the the you know the Buckle BKE jeans that have the real true thick religion. stitching. Yep, true true religion. Um, th that's a money keyword for me that I use all the time, and it's the same uh, women's thick stitch jeans. Oh that. No, it's not. There it comes. Yeah, so there your main is. goal is you're trying to drive as much traffic. So you want to use the most popular keywords that you can find that you you do throughout the search. Just by typing it in yep. to the search bar. Yep. It's kind of like the search bar it, is your best friend. Yep. And if it brings up a category, um, it's always better because it it means that it's really, really popular. Some things you'll yep. type in and it it'll it won't have a category. And it doesn't mean that you can't sell it, but you could expect that it's probably going to take it a lot longer to sell because the the search volume is a lot lower than the more popular things are. Yeah, Levi's. If you put in L, um, well, Louis Vuitton comes up first, but uh, of course, Lululemon. Lululemon. <laughs> yeah, Levi's comes up. Cool thing with Levi's, if I've got smaller size Levi's men's jeans that are like 32 or under, I'll put them in both yep. categories and put them in women's too because women will wear the men's as the high waist, you know, mom jean type. A girl's going to be into it. I'll put mom in the title for mom jean. Yep. Same thing with like boyfriend, stuff like that. You just got to, because a lot of these people buying those jeans are women, especially the men's jeans because they're super popular, especially the ones that are like tapered fit. They love the tapered yep. fit. I listed a bunch of uh, vintage Levi's today, and I put them in men's clothing. Like if you put in vintage Levi's, it's gonna show you men's clothing. You wanna um, make sure you use both categories. Pay the extra quarter, and um, it'll pay you back. You know when you sell your stuff. And do you promote your listings? Yeah, I, I promote my fixed price ones. Um, just at whatever it, it suggests. As I'm listing it, um, okay. I think if I look in my in my stats, I think like maybe thirty percent of what thirty or forty percent of what I sell fixed price is is promoted. Yeah, I've actually got to gone up on my, my promotions lately, and I've noticed that when I do grow up my promotions, I tend to sell more items, which stinks because I used to do like for like a year and a half, I was stuck at like one point one to three point one. But now I'm having to go up to 6.1 to sometimes 7%, which is starting to get insane. And then I think so I'm I'll trying to think of question. Oh, is it on me now? All right. Let's, yeah. uh, cool. So um, I guess for me, one of the biggest things is, because you've been at this for quite a while now. So I figured I'd ask, what was your biggest fail in your business that you learned the most from? Like it could be a single item or a bad investment or anything like that. I think probably the worst Failure that I've had is that I don't, I don't plan enough. I don't make, I don't really set goals. I don't really, uh, honestly, I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants. I go out and source. <laughs> I find what I find things that. <laughs> hey, dude, that's so, sellers. Though, but, man. Hey, I mean, that's it's great. hustling. It's. Right. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do anything else. 
I get paid to shop. How freaking cool is that? I know. And to think I'm one of the people that used to hate shopping, and now I'm like trying to source stuff all the time. And it's like, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I sometimes I don't recognize myself. So, but yeah, that's the next question. I think Val got it right. He's a free spirited reseller. I like that. Yeah. Some people are, man. Some people, like I said, it's being an entrepreneur and you run your business how you want to run it. Um, some people like me aren't great with goal setting, but my girlfriend's great at it. So it kind of, I kind of like sit on the outside, like, oh, maybe I should try this out. I enjoy it. Hey, listen, I mean, she, she does 50% of our business. <laughs> it's for her. So and that's why I was telling you, Alton, if I can train her, what to look for, and then I can train anybody. I, I, she That's is still perfect. Me, so we're, we're still working on it. So. <laughs> of course. So, Andy, uh, what what's your goals, or what are you going to do for Q4? Are you doing anything special? Or are you just doing the same old thing uh, to um, prepare for the Christmas season? I'm pretty much the same year round. Now I'm in the Facebook groups, and people are saying that they're dead or they're not selling anything. I stay steady pretty much the year round. I'm honestly, I'm only, there's maybe 15 or 20 major brands or types of items that I sell and I just recycle, recycle listings and you know, just keep doing it. This time of year, I, I shift more because probably 70% of what I sell is golf shirts and, and polo shirts, even in the wintertime. But once, uh, once fall rolls around, I, I try to look for Try to look for wool. Try to look for cashmere, alpaca. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what's selling right now. I, I'm selling items that I've had up in my store two and for two and a half years. That's why everyone's like, every now and then, like I'll bring down items and I'll relist them. But I don't really touch the winter clothes because they come and go. It's all year round. I can sell them, and mainly right now, those are flying off the shelves. Those in sport jackets. I did a last ninety days. I think I told you all. I sold what hundred and thirty blazers and sport jackets and suits. So those have really helped my business a lot. I got a pile of them. I need to get up. <laughs> yeah. I've got you a ton should, of them. Man. I probably got, I put a bunch of jeans, I put, put a bunch of Levi's up today that I, I, I sourced them and I was going to sell them fixed price. And I had all kinds of other stuff that I could sell at auction that was going to, you know, make me quick, quick money. They sat, some of them probably sat for, a year or more and uh i just i put most of them up today i still got a few left to do but some of them are some of them are auctions and some of them are set up fixed price yeah that's Stop another flaw or mis i was gonna say that's another mistake that i make is i've i've got so, so much stuff that i should have listed a year or two ago that i had never listed <laughs> and i'm working I, on me scaling that down since we've gone full-time we don't ever have a death pile every we gotta at least list 20 items a day so we do, do we do 20 items a day and like right now we're out of, we're out of clothes so we're gonna have to be doing i have some golf clubs but i'm pretty sure because i want to go tomorrow do some yard sales i think we're gonna pick up some more parts for vacuums like we picked up six vacuums yesterday whole uh for 10 for 40 bucks and so I think it was like she said it was like seven or eight dollars a piece or something like that, or six or seven dollars a piece. I forget. But what we do is we just part everything out. We break everything down, we clean it all, and we part it. We got a Dyson ball vacuum, you know, those expensive Dyson balls. Yep. We got that in a state sale two weeks ago for 10 bucks, and we've already made a hundred dollars off of five parts. 
It's insane. Vacuum parts sell really good. Doesn't care what matter, what matter what vacuum you buy, just break it down. All the pieces sell. I learned that from the Gilman's, Andy. So what, should I be pulling vacuums out of the garbage in my apartment complex every time I go out Dude, to take my garbage them, There's a freaking vacuum. <laughs> you can ask Ashley, man, she could show you what you need to do. You just break them down, wash everything, and then just sell it. And there's usually a listing up for that specific vacuum that will have a list of the parts. So all you got to do is just drop down. You'll see the list. And then you just work yourself from there. And then it, as usual, like so doing clothes, you do a few of them and you get used to them. Yep. Yeah. It's all similar. It's super simple. We do that on uh, coffee parts. We break everything down now. That's non-clothing um, because the parts are worth more. And you'd be surprised at what people need for, for a vacuum or a coffee maker. Um, and that is a lot of listings. That, that's a lot of our 20-day listings. That's over several days and sometimes weeks. And that's only $10 each vacuum or less. If I can get it for $10 or less, I can make myself on average 120, 130 bucks per vacuum parted out. So that's a no brainer. And that's why I mean, I like to diverse myself, diversify, my, diversify myself because when clothes aren't selling, I have other things that sell. You yeah. know what I mean? That's why I always tell some people say they niche down, which is fine. But as you and I know, Andy, there's a lot of weak months for clothing. There's a lot of down months for clothing. So that's how Do I you, stay busy. Because I don't really, I think 90% of what I sell is clothes and um, I'm steady the year round. I, I yeah. mean, it's, but like I said, 70% of it is is golf shirts. So um, if you just put in, type in golf shirt and then sort by highest to lowest and then look for uh, the logos. Because some of the logos, the logo, it doesn't really matter what the shirt is. Like if you find, of course, the Masters, um, Mirion, Kiowa, and Hawaii, you find don't them and it doesn't even tell the, don't forget the what. viewers. I know a lot about golf, right? But I knew I did not know this until you told me this back in January about a couple of the things to look for on the foot jo on the back of the foot joy um uh golf oh, the titleist patches yeah the yeah, titleist and then the net, net jets and marquee yeah oh i forgot about that net jets one that i you told me about that you, stuff i had i totally <laughs> i never knew about that until you told me i found if i see a logo that that's not advertising that i don't recognize i i try to search it you know and, and try to figure out what like what golf course it is or and i was like i don't even know what net jets is and then i I think it was a, a RLX Ralph Lauren polo yeah. that I'd found. And but I they make them for other places. For it. What I realized when I was watching golf one day and it hit me, I'm like, damn, dude, like Andy's right. On the back of a lot of these, the, the shirts, a lot of these players are sponsored by NetJets and Marquee Jets. So that, and people collect them or they, I think, or they keep them, they use them. But that's why I, I was looking at that one day. I'm like, I saw, I was watching a, a tournament and I was like, man, a lot of these have the net jets and marquee. I'm like, man, that's probably the reason why Andy was making a lot of money selling those, but they're super hard. to. I've never come in contact with the net jets or marquee. Yep. Yeah, I just, I found the net jets. Um, if you find the, the foot joy ones that, that have the titles patch on, on the arm, um, yep. they're like 40 to $75. That's the PGA tour issue. Um, yep. Shirts that a lot of the pros wear and the, you know, a lot of average golfers 
want you know they want to keep up with the joneses that's the other cool thing you know from selling golf clubs golfers will spend insane money on things limited unlimited just like this one day so i'm part of a scotty cameron um facebook group and these guys are putting up custom made scotty bags you know tour issued scotty bags and people are like i'll give you 10 i'll give you twelve thousand dollars for it and i'm like it's just a freaking golf bag but people are obsessed with some of these brands they'll pay a limited amount of money people will pay over ten thousand dollars for a scotty cameron putter and i i have some good i got a couple stories i'll 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 throw out to you guys real quick um i was doing i was looking through facebook one day and i saw this guy was selling 10 bucks a club he had some great clubs he lived about an hour and a half north of me in north orlando and he was 10 bucks a club i said i said hey can i I come down and see them he's like sure so he gave me the time and i said by the way um everything's 10 bucks like yeah everything's 10 bucks so i think i told you about this scott I was looking at a photo in one of the photos was really bad quality photos. Cause that's a lot of Facebook, um, marketplace listings mm-hmm. have bad photos. And I saw a putter and there was a club that was in front of it. So all I could see was a SC and then the end that said, um, ON. and I'm like, Oh crap. I think this is Scotty Cameron. I get there. First club I look for is that Scotty Cameron. Sure enough, it was a Scotty Cameron. It was a Newport edition. And I asked him, I said, how much? He says, it's 10 bucks. I'm like, and I ended up spending 180 bucks. I got 18 clubs and I made about a thousand dollars off all those clubs. I sold the Scotty for 190 bucks in a week, paid 10 bucks for it. And there is deals out there that you guys just got to constantly look at. I've been looking at guitars on Facebook marketplace and they try to cut the headstock out so that you don't know what yeah. brand it is and i'm like i played guitar for years and i'm like i ain't buying a freaking guitar if i don't see the name on the headstock like y'all it's are the same thing with time. golf clubs the same <laughs> exact things i can look at i've gotten really good at this whereas i'll look at a i'll look at a um uh a listing and with it from being far away somebody taking a picture i can tell what clubs they are um just by just by looking at the faces not even having to see the brand, just by the faces. And what I'll also do is I'll write to them, hey, listen, I can't see the brands and model of this. Please let me know what is the brand and model of this. And almost every time they're usually paying vintage pings, ping I or ping I twos. And within those series of the ping I and ping I twos, there's versions that are worth a lot of money that you just got to learn about, like the BQ, um, nickel plated. And there's a couple other things, but man, you can make a lot of money selling vintage golf clubs, let alone newer club, but the vintage golf clubs sell just as well, just as fast. Um, Dope 419 asks, what are some golf brands and items you would stay away from? Probably, I don't know. I mean, Fairway and Green for polos. Those are kind of like a dime a dozen. They're kind of not that big of a brand. Yeah, I I don't do those. Adidas is even starting to get really saturated. Like I'm almost, if I can't, if, if it's over three bucks, I'm not touching an Adidas polo anymore. I've never had luck with any of the Adidas stuff. I'm honestly, yeah. as far as 99 cent auctions, a lot of the a lot of the Nike stuff isn't doing as well as what it used no, to. No, they sit. You got to really use good keywords um, for the Nikes. I've, I didn't realize. I, I, walked, I walked past B-Dreddy for I don't know how long, and I found yep. a ton of them the other Dude, day. And really one hand. Yeah. Uh, one had southern the Southern Pines logo on it. Yep, and, and uh, I th- 
think I sold that one for like 50. Um, there were, there were a couple more that, uh, that there, it was a bunch of Peter Millar, a bunch of B Dreddy, and it, then they all had a logo on them. And I don't yeah. know what I find just as many polo shirts here in Cincinnati for golf as you find down in Florida, but I, I don't, know it's crazy. I don't, I don't see the golf clubs, the the high end golf clubs. I don't find them at Dude, the thrifts, and I don't really. We get so many golf. I don't really down here. It's insane. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> yep, um, it's it's sometimes it's hit or miss. Sometimes they go to the thrift store and there's really no polos. I'll walk out with some with, with no polos, and then there's somewhere I'll just find a bunch of them. Um, but for the majority, it's just it's either people have already picked them up because there is a lot of golf resellers around my area. They've either picked them up or they're just nobody's donating them. But I mean, when we do get them, they're really nice, like the patterns and stuff. And you actually taught me about the Under Armour heat gear uh, polos. You sell the heck out of those with your auctions. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's one of my main bread and butter items. The heather, the heathered ones that were the colors yep. heathered, the pattern. They do. Yep, yep. That's that's a keyword. If you if you go in and search it. Search Under Armour Heather Polo. That'll come yeah. up. Um, and you're selling they, some of these polos for more than a buy it now price, and sometimes double yep. the buy it now price. Yeah, I found a Spyglass Hill. It was a Under Armour Heather Blue, or no, it was blue blue pinstripes, and it had the Spyglass Hill logo with the guy with the yep. Spyglass. Yeah, it sold for I think it sold for fifty two dollars, and if I looked at Similar sold items, they were lucky to get 24 or 25. Just, and a couple of golfers sense, got, they got, the, I want to wear that. And they fought bidding more. But, but then if you go to buy it now, you could just bought it. It's so weird to see that. It's, um, it's psychology. Does People want what they think that, that they can't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, like pushing a cat. Push it. Try to pet a cat. It runs away from you. You don't want to pet it. It rubs figure eight. Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, what about you, Scott? What's your? You got another question for him? Uh, I got the the last one. I was wondering, since you got, you've been reselling so long, uh, what are your plans for twenty twenty two? Because you've been full time for three years. Uh, what's the next step for you? Um, the next step for me is going to be probably a membership site to kind of like teach people. I. Do you guys know Joy Williams or know of Joy Williams? She's friends with uh, um, thrifting or thrifting uh, the Tiki guy. I can't think of his name. Jason oh, T. Smith. Jason, Jason Smith, yeah. yeah. Joy's really good friends with him. And she had a, a Facebook group called Jeans with Joy. And uh, it was $25 a month. And she had, I think she had 150 people in it. It went up and down. But uh, I learned so much from her about jeans. Um, do you guys do you guys look for selvage? Do you know you know what selvage is? The red yep. and, the red and white edges. I sell a bunch of selvage when I can find it. Yep. you'll find find Gap. Um, Cold of Individuality is a great little like niche brand. If you search Cold of Individuality, there's probably only five or six hundred listings up at any given time, so you can rank pretty easy for it. Mm-hmm. And every time I find them, it's like it's like pulling fifty dollar bills off the rack. Oh, wow. And usually I find <laughs> them. At, <laughs> usually I find them at uh, Plato's Closet. So I'm paying. Mm-hmm. I might pay fifteen or twenty for them, but they don't last a week. 
once I get them listed. So, you know, it's like. But you're also, do you go to the Play-Doh closet when they do the grab bags? When you get a bag and you fill it up? I haven't. I haven't, but I would like to. I mean, I'll yeah. I'll spend up to like $25 for Rock Revival because I can have people fight over them in auctions and they'll go, you know, they'll get 50, 60, $70 or, or more. Yeah. See, that's why I wanted to get you on because you know the brands that do well at auction and then you know the brands that, you know, you'll just do buy it nows, you know? So what would you say the percentage is of your store buy it now versus auctions every week? I never have more than 200 items listed at any given time because 70% of what I source, I know seven to 10 days down the road, I'm shipping it out because I'm listing it for a buck. It's going to sell. You know, so I've got a 70% of my stuff has got a hundred percent sell through rate in less than two weeks. And uh, I've got a pretty good idea of what it's, what stuff is going to sell for. So I, it's just a numbers game. I've, figure out what money I want to make. Like I sold over the weekend, I think I sold $1,200 worth of stuff. Wow. Um, I think, I think it was, and it was probably 70, 30 auctions fixed price. Yeah. So you, that's why I'm glad I you had can, you on here. Cause I'm just like, you know, all this stuff when it comes to auctions. And if you, if you're, you know, we're doing this to make money. If you're trying to make money and you're, you're gathering inventory, like in the, the Facebook groups, they say you've got to have, X amount of listings up for, you know, to get X amount of sales and not really, you just have to be picky about what you source and, yep. and have an idea going, have an exit, you know, idea of how it, how you're going to get rid of it before you even buy it. I'm in a 950 square foot apartment and um, I've got my son with me and I've got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of storage in my closets I could I couldn't have I don't have the room to have a thousand listings up. And yeah. You're spending five dollars an item and you got, you know, a thousand that's five that's five grand if you're not if you're not rolling that over, you know what I mean? If you've got all that money tied up, um, you can't pay bills. That's what really pushed me into auctions is like I gotta have freaking money to pay my bills. I can't yeah. I can't wait until somebody decides that they really really want and i don't i don't i don't try to squeeze every last dime out of my items if somebody sends me a reasonable offer even if it's less than what i expected i just take it and i think we you guys talked about that about how the algorithm likes to see you know they're spending money mm -hmm. to put people's eyeballs on our stuff and if we're declining their offers it's it probably they probably send you less less traffic. Yeah. So um, I I churn and burn. <laughs> yeah, you have to, especially now, man, because they're starting to send out competing offers to the people that you decline it to. They'll send out competing offers to them now. eBay just made a uh, uh, a patent for it, where if you don't if you decline their offer, they send your offer to other resellers that have the same exact item or a like a like item. To that to that buyer. How long has that been going on? I don't know, but How, it was when an did e commerce bites. It was an e commerce bites. They filed a patent a couple weeks ago for it. I know they just know set it up where if yeah, they they just started uh immediate payment if you yeah, send an offer and it's accepted. I got one of those last week. The guy sent sent me a text and told me, Hey, 
Uh, I just want to let you know, heads up, they made me immediately buy for, buy this. Because I said I tried sending an, an invoice, and I was like, why? So I sent them a message, because I always send a follow-up message saying, hey, we require immediate payment. Within 24 hours, we'll cancel it per listing guidelines. And uh, he wrote me back. He said, no, I, they made me immediately pay for it. And it was the best offer. So I was like, all right, that, that's working. Good. There's a question from Dope before we wrap up and we get to our best sale of the week. Uh, Dope says, what percentage of auctions listed at $1 end up selling for less than $10? I'm not sure about what percentage, but usually if that happens, for me, it's because I missed a hole or I missed a stain or you know when I sourced it. I really don't have a ton of them. Um, go for under where I expect them to go. And I think yeah. my break-evens right around, it has to go to right around $12. Most of my shirts I source for about five bucks. And if I if I get to 12, I charge 675 as a flat um, first class rate on shirts. And then it usually, yeah, so you're making usually costs around 420. Yeah. So I, yeah. I have a little bit of a spread there. Plus you don't, they take, they take fees out of that, so you may as well cover your, you know, cover your fees. Yeah. So, um, so but my break even is at around 12, 10 to twelve. But um, if it goes lower than that, it's usually because I missed a flaw in the item. Um, that's good to know. Again, that's another uh, tip for everybody to know that. Hey, listen, if you have a flaw, you can expect it not to go as good as if it didn't have a flaw, unless it's like a vintage piece that's collectible. Um, Ooh, I had a. I found one of those the the Polo Ralph Lorenz with the big P with the big yeah and it was oh it with was the, 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 cross, the cross country the cross country yeah yep. it was a crew neck sweater and it I I paid two bucks for it and it was covered in bleach stains and uh, yeah I still got I still got ninety seven dollars for it if it hadn't been all bleached out it was like a seven or eight hundred dollar Ronnie Hart. You're like, man, I'm always dropping Ronnie's name. This dude's a godfather of reselling clothing, definitely. Uh, he's the highest person I know that sells sells his clothes. I mean, he makes an average of like, I think, $80 a sale. The closest I ever got to him was like 55 And then now that I've, I have to have a lot more inventory, I'm down to like, 35 to 40 bucks um so that wraps up everything let's let's go over our best sale of the week let's get, give us a few seconds to pull all those up and we can do the screen sharing um who wants to go for i know alt wants to go first he's excited Alt's, to yeah. his sale, sale <laughs> yeah. of the week and so i don't blame we were, him. we were actually uh chatting about this right before we were in the pre-show and i got an offer for i showed it a couple weeks ago on on here showing that this thing was worth anywhere between 120 and 140 well, I had an offer come in. I figured I already have inventory that, you know, we want to move our inventory. We don't want to sit on it. It might be worth 120, but if someone's willing to pay you X amount, you got to consider those offers. Well, I took everyone's advice and I readjusted my offers and actually lowered the price on it. I went down to 85 and I got an offer for 75 plus shipping. I got $5 into it. So Show it was a no brainer. So I had you pulled up. There you go. So look at this. This is so Funko Pop. Yeah, Funko Pop. Mm. I just sold this thing. And explain it to the explain to the, the the listeners since they can't see it. So it is a Funko Pop from Soul Eater. It is one of the rare. It is vaulted, so they're not making them anymore. So this item typically sells for about one twenty to one forty. So I'm I'm ecstatic just to get seventy five out of it because I got five dollars into it because it was in a big lot that I bought for five dollars a piece. So that's my big sell for the flip. 
um, for the day, for the week, whatever. <laughs> because technically it's already paid for. Like I already mm. made the money off of the lot. This was just a few of the pieces that I just chose to keep because the value. So mm-hmm. I don't make my profit margins off of the pieces I keep in case they never sell. But it's nice to see it when they pop through. It's it's definitely a big profit, especially yeah, such a little right. small item that ships first class. Yeah. Very nice. It's super, yeah, super yeah. easy to ship that thing, man. Absolutely. You throw that in a box, some rubble wrap, you're good to go. Scott, what about you? Uh, I sold a San Jose Sharks hat. Let me pull up my yeah. screen here. Yeah. Pull this camera up off of me. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> <let me> know. <laughs> I think nobody wants exactly. to see me. Hold on. Uh, sorry, I, lo- I lost it, but it was a San Jose Sharks uh, vintage hat I showed you guys in the group. I'll have to yep. show up this time. So sorry about that, guys. And explain to us uh, what it is, who made yeah. it, and uh, how much you bought it for and sold it for the, yeah. uh, the listeners. Yeah. So I bought it at the Benz, which is the Goodwill uh, outlet store. Uh, have less than 50 cents in it. It's just a vintage uh, starter Sharks hat. So pretty nice. It was uh, a big tooth pattern. Vintage Pattern, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that word. Pattern vintage hat. So show you mine, and then we'll have Andy do his. So hold on a second. We'll have the guests go last. Copper State said you were scared to show us your sale, so you ran away. <laughs> exactly. Probably. I had Kevin, <laughs> Kevin snooping in my store two weeks ago, so now I'm scared. So right. Uh, uh, hey, listen, I'm only yeah. trying to help you out, bro. Uh, yep. All right. So let me know if you guys can see this. Can you guys see it? Yep. Yep. Okay. So this is a. It's about ten years old. It's a Billabong. Andy Irons t-shirt. If anybody ever knows anything about surfing, this is why I love immersing myself in stupid subjects. And because if you didn't know much about surfing, then you wouldn't know that Andy Irons is one of the greatest surfers of all time. He's a three-time champ and he died about four or five years ago. Um, but his popularity still come. Uh, he's still very popular in the surfing community. Uh, I purchased this for two dollars at a Goodwill a few weeks ago, and I had it listed as you could see for one forty-four. I didn't sell it for one forty-four. I took a best offer of seventy-five. I knew I had something better than everybody else's because they didn't have a three-time champ on it, as you can see here. It says three-time champ. So what I did was on the comps, they were comping about any of the iron shirts were comping at twenty to forty bucks, right? So I'm like, well, this doesn't have champ on this. And he's a three-time champ. So I listed it for $144. Someone offered me 75 bucks. I took it. Just took it because I knew it was already way above the market value. Um, so sometimes, I, I told Alton the other day, about 14, about 14 to 20 items a year, I can guess high on. And a lot of times, I'll get way over what everybody in that category gets. I don't know how that works. Maybe people just like to buy expensive things. But I'm pretty good at doing that. Uh, and as the years go along, I find more items like this. I just guess on them. If they don't move after a few months, I bring it back down. Uh, but for this one, it didn't have to, it sold super quick, which I was really surprised about. Um, that all done with me. Let's see. Do you have yours pulled up, Andy? I can't get it to pull, pull up. Let me check real quick. I've got a spinning circle. I have you pulled up, but, uh, I have, there you go. I see it. I was at Plato's closet last week and look for Levi's vintage clothing. It'll have a little white long tag on the left-hand side of, as you're, you're holding them facing you. Um, they, they'll have a big E like the, they make them to, um, to replicate the older vintage Levi's, yes. but it was a, a type three um, trucker jacket. It's probably only, I think, they probably came out in 2018, but they they wanted $14 for it. And I was like, that's a no-brainer. Anything yeah. 
anything Levi's jacket for 14 or 15 or under. Um, and I sold it. I put it up for, I think, $69.95. It was up for three days and somebody somebody either sent me an offer of 50 or I sent them an offer of 50 and they accepted it. But I had uh, I had a uh, Brooks Brothers Saxon. Um, it was houndstooth with windpanes sport coat. Somebody sent me $65 offer on that. But I, I list uh, I, I list stuff fixed price. I, I push the price up until I almost feel embarrassed and then yeah. list it. And then I'll, I'll run markdown sales through my store. Sometimes I only get like 40, you know, 30 or 40% of what I list it for, but the customer thinks they're getting a great deal. I move my inventory. I, you know, I don't, I don't ever lose money on, on my fixed price stuff, but I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm using, yeah, I was going to say I'm using the the eBay keyword suggestions as I'm sourcing. So yeah. I've got a pretty good idea before I even list it, that I'm going to sell it pretty quick. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I have a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that I sold in a day's time this past week. You know, for twenty twenty five dollars, it adds up. Adds I up think quick. with, I think with how cotton's up, material cotton is up forty percent from last year because of inflation. I'm only hoping that's going to help our market in eBay. But then I see people, and I know some of these people that undercut everybody else's prices, and it ruins our market. It's kind of like Amazon's, you know, race to the bottom with the buy box. It's like that. But it's like, dude, you guys don't understand. We got items that have a material that just went up 40% from last year and you're selling it for like $9.99 and free shipping. It just never makes sense to me. Um, but with the blazers though, you all read the because, long tail? Huh? The book, the book, the long tail. Have you, have you read the long tail? No, no. It's that about, um, it's, it, it talks about long tail keywords. And it, I think the tagline is how companies make money by selling less of, more of less. So, so a long tail graph goes down and it gets closer and closer to the bottom axis, but it never touches it. Yep. And uh, that like music that Amazon sells or digital books, they don't, it might sell once a year, but they don't have any, they don't have any holding costs because it's digital. Um, yeah. So the, the more long tail things get, um, it's only going to sell once or twice a year, but the person that buys it is going to pay. They'll pay retail if you charge them retail. But if you're competing yeah. on price, you're just giving your stuff away. Even even I, if it's not long tail, if you get good at keyword research and um, if you get good at keyword research and good at titles and have good pictures, you don't have to compete on price. People are going to say that's really cool. I want that. They're going to pay or they're going to. I don't. I very rarely get lowball offers, and if I do, yeah. I counter where I'm comfortable. But most of the time, I'm accepting the first offer because people are. If you price high, they think, "Well, he knows the value of his stuff. He's not going to take my lowball." Raise your prices um, until you're almost embarrassed to hit the list button. <laughs> dude, I used. I noticed. I feel like back in the day, in 2015 and prior, that was really good. I, or it could have been I had a lot of buyers from my YouTube channel, people buying from. That's how I felt. I'm pretty sure I did way before it got popular and people depended on their buyers from YouTube to buy. But I used to price like 
Hawaiian t-shirts were super expensive, like Rain Spooner, Tori Richard. And I would almost get it every single time. And it wouldn't last that long. And I was weird about it. But now I have a really nice Tori Richard with this embroidered Santa Claus, huge over the back, all over the print in the back. And I had this for like 120, no action. And I'm like, you can't, this is, does not make sense. And there's not many out there. There's next to none out there like that, that with the big Santa Claus in the back. I don't know. There's some, the there's bottom fell out of that. No, because the bottom fell out of Tommy Bahama. Tommy oh, Bahama yeah, silk shirts. Saturated. That, that used to be one of my favorite things to sell, and you just you, you can't make any money on them. No, and if you man, I've had a Tommy Bahama in my store for three years. Two of them. I lied them up together for a year, took them down, put them up separately, and then when one day within one week they both sold separately. I, <laughs> I never get it. I don't understand it. It's like these Garfields, right? So you saw the Garfields that I've been posting that I've been selling in my in my group I've been posting. I got these stupid little ceramic Garfields from the 80s and I had no action for about a month and a half, right? And I have six of them. Yeah. And over the past week, I sold one. And then two days later, I sold another. And then today I sold one. And then I one guy wanted one that he backed out of it. So I'm like, within a matter of a week, there's like four of them that almost sold. No rhyme or reason. Maybe somebody shared your, shared your listing. Like Matt on maybe on Pinterest or you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird because I keep, left and right. People are buying these for five bucks. I'm almost saying to myself, man, for five bucks each, I passed on 10 other ones that were at that estate sale. Cause I was, sometimes there's a lot of something I pick up the, I pick up half of it or less just to try it out. And usually when I do that, it's always a good score. I did it with these little. Did you kick yourself um, for not getting it all? Yeah, yeah. Remember when I sold a bunch of that whole box? There's one of my YouTube videos from like a year ago. It says I made like a, a sold a, a camera lens for thirteen hundred dollars, right? One lens. Yep. I think I made like four thousand dollars off the whole box. I had like forty different lenses. Man, he had probably about two hundred more. And I like, I wish at that estate sale because I was the last person in that estate sale and the last person to leave. I just wish I said, listen, I'll give you 200 bucks for the rest of these. I guarantee they would have said yes. I would have probably made at least close to 20,000 bucks on all of them. Hundreds of them. He had hundreds of them, hundreds. And a lot of them I sold for three, four, 500 bucks. And I sold that one for 1300. None of them went less than $80, not one out of the 40. And a lot of them need work. A lot of them need brand new lenses. A lot of them were dented, but they were all, they were all old cinema lenses that people, especially in Japan, uh, they use them. They'll buy them, they'll take the lenses out, they'll put their own lens in, and then they'll use them and make videos, movies. That was really cool to sell. Those That was probably the funnest haul I had. One of my favorites was on Craigslist, somebody that was, their dad was a union boss, and it was a big freaking cardboard box full of tool lanyards, and they were like 40 yep. bucks. So they were all the same brand. There was a unique product identifier that I could get indexed in Google, and everybody was charging like 20, 25 bucks. I I think I did them for either $9.99 or $12.99 with free shipping. And they were light enough to go first class. And I would sell four or five of them a day. And I was crying when they I was crying when they were gone. I'm like, I wish oh, wish I had it, it's man, but it's so fun to see those, uh, to buy stuff like that and be like, man, I'm, I'm very surprised that these went so quick. 
But uh, again, I want to thank you, Andy, so much for coming on. Thank you, Alton. Yes, thank, thank you, you uh, Scott. You're welcome. And uh, again, if you guys want to subscribe, uh, we're we're Resale Roundtable on uh, where is it again? Spotify. It's on, uh, we're at Google Cast, which is pretty much any. So it's on an RSS feed. So any other app that uses the RSS feed that can pull up podcasts will already get it. But officially, we are on. Uh, Spotify and Google Cast. Thank you guys so much for coming on. 